I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is, more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought and paid for? Hold on, hold on. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And... Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarula, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? I, I'm sitting in puddles. There's, I, there's like puddles all over my apartment right now uh, of condensation. As soon as I set down a drink of water or uh, Truly or whatever it is, there's a large puddle that forms within moments of me setting it down because uh, in Chicago right now, it's currently 98 degrees. Uh, but with the heat index, you know, with the humidity combined, it says that uh, it feels like 113 degrees. Jesus. Yeah. Um, there's there's this bubble, this heat dome, they call it, over the middle of the country, and Chicago's right on the edge of it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, uh, the planet's cooking. <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Enron. Thanks, Enron. Thanks, Enron, and thanks, Hillary, for the... Uh... <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, so Hurricane Hillary, I, I guess, had nice a part of this, be. but you know it's never a good thing when you see the headline, Hillary takes California in landslide. <laughs> well, you know, on the plus side, she did finally find her way to Nevada, so, you know, it only, <laughs> only took seven years, but <laughs> she'd make her way there. Oh, what a good tee up that was. Um, yeah, so this, you know, with any hurricane where you have a mountainous area, you can have a shitload of rainfall and shitloads and landslides and mudslides. And California has been plagued by by mudslides since this hurricane hit. It's Hurricane Hillary. Um, but but of course, I saw a hilarious tweet where uh, you know the the hurricane got downgraded to a tropical depression, right? Right. Uh, just before it made landfall. And then somebody like tweeted that out with like part of the monologue from Barbie about how women are always, you know, uh, misused and, and, you know, diminished, you know, and they're never good enough. <laughs> Impl- implying that, you know, even, you know, because the hurricane was named Hillary, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I took a I, like yes, last night as the humidity and heat was ramping up. I noticed that every time I took something out of my refrigerator, it started smoldering, like smoke cut, started coming off of it. Like I just plucked it out of like a tank of liquid nitrogen. It was that fucking humid just last night. Yeah, that's yeah. not ideal. Um, that's no, <laughs> not something you want in your house. <laughs> I and I have an air conditioner, but it's it's like because I had my collarbone surgery, so my collarbone is once again broken right now. It's only it's been less than two weeks, so I you know I know it's not. It hasn't fused up again. So, like, it's a huge pain in the ass for me, like, to, you know, set up the air conditioning, 
right? Even just like fucking with the windows, a pain in the ass because the windows stick. Um, so I had it on all day in my bedroom, but I'm now in my living room where it's a little bit cooler um, on this side of the building. It's on like where the part of the building that's where the courtyard is. So it's out of the daylight most of the day. But it's still I've got a fan right in front of my face and it's on three. Um, so, yeah, it's it's 100 bajillion degrees here right now. Fuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally normal weather. It's also super normal for uh, California to get hit with a hurricane. <laughs> that's that's something that happens all the time. So, you know, not at all bizarre. Was it like the last time it happened was like 30 years ago? Yeah, some crazy t- amount of time. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just it, it, it's it, we, we talk about it all the time, but we get once in a generation or once in a century weather events uh, seemingly every year now. Um, and it's, 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 it's like we're li- getting to see the future, you know, like we're living extra <laughs> lifetimes. We're, we're getting to, you as know, much in as we can. Yeah. And it's kind of like time travel. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, this is just totally random, but do you, are you old enough to remember when food had price tags like on the box, on the package, whatever the fuck the food package was that it actually had the price fucking printed on it? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I were, when, even when I was working in in high school, I worked at AMP grocery chain, and it, yeah. we still were doing that then. Where we were, did they not was, do that anymore? No, no one does that anymore. And if it's on sale, they would like chunk put a new price tag over the old one. You remember that yeah, shit? I guess, I guess that you know, I don't even think about it, but I guess that's true. I'm just nobody used to looking does at that. The, looking right. at the shelf labels now. Exactly. So what's what's very common in Chicago is that you'll you'll see a sale price, you know, like this the sale yellow tag on the shelf itself right yeah and you think oh what's on sale i'm gonna get this thing and then you go to ring it up and it rings up as not the sale price it rings up as a normal price and it's like okay so i gotta go grab somebody and fucking haggle it out with them they're gonna have to go back and check on it right. and look and it's like usually you just go i'm just gonna pay the extra dollar or whatever right it's not worth the fucking hassle but it happens so fucking often that now I have to, I take a picture of like every single thing that's on sale when I know for sure it's not going to ring up right. This is this is like old man get off my lawn fucking territory. <laughs> I know, yeah. but I I went to I walked all the way to the grocery store for the first time since my surgery last night, and I you know waited till after the sun was down so I didn't fucking cook myself, um, and I got a, a twelve pack of truly fruit punch fucking hard seltzer or whatever the fuck they are, fifteen ninety nine right. And the, what they do is they usually say, well, it's that price if you buy two. And it's like, well, I'm not going to carry a fucking 24-pack home on my back, right? So I'm, only, I'm looking for the ones that are just, you know, one-offs. And I, so I take a picture because I know, sure enough, go to ring it up. It rings up as $19.99. That's a $4 difference. Yep, <laughs> I'm not going to pay an extra $4. No, I, for, the, for four bucks, I'd fucking be like, hey, we got to I mean, <laughs> take a look. In, in Chicago, you've got state, city, and county liquor taxes on top of the sales tax Mm -hmm. so like if you you know twenty dollars is going to be 25 bucks out the door okay so i I pulled a you know 15 year old girl over who's working the fucking thing and i'm like hey this is price wrong and i showed her the picture and i'm like this always happens i took a picture this is what it looks like she she zooms way in to look for that you know when you buy two part of it and it's not there so she calls over her manager the manager's like oh well what is what did it say it was and i said oh it's 15.99 she's like well that's if you buy two and i'm like no, it isn't. And here's the proof. <laughs> I wasn't yelling like that. I no, was just, no, like, no, that's no. my exuberance in telling the story. But um, so she looks at it. She zooms way in looking for where, you know, it, it doesn't say when you buy two. She's like, 
<sighs> fine, give it to him. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I and I thanked them. I was like, thank you, appreciate it. You know, you you know, take the time to actually ring me up for the right price. Like, that's hard to do, right. but uh, or like double uh, check your shit when you put it on the shelf. Like, it's, it, right, and it's like if this is the first time it ever happened, it wouldn't be a big deal. But like, I'm literally taking pictures every time I buy anything that's on sale at the grocery store because this happens so often. It's like I don't know, like the people that program this and put the, print the tags and put the tags on the thing. Like nobody, nobody's being paid enough to give a shit to do like a, an effective job of it. So it's just kind of like you know, lowest common denominator of grocery chain whatever shit. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the great thing for me about Aldi is like you never have to worry about that because it's always cheap as shit and it's always like 80 percent as good as like the version you'd get of like the name brand one. Right. Yeah. Well, my problem with Aldi, though, is that, you know, I'll go there and I want to get like five things. Right. But I'm stuck behind like eight people in line that have two shopping carts full each. Right. Right. And there's no way to like there's no self checkout. So I'm just like, okay, so I. I'm going to wait here half an hour to buy five things. They, I will say, though, their whole system is very efficient. The Germans, if nothing else, are, are ruthlessly efficient. The the whole, like, don't bag anything, just have another cart next to you, just t- click, 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 fly everything through the fucking checkout. I mean, I guess so. I think they're just too popular here with poor people in Chicago because it's just, it's a fucking madhouse every time well, I go to Aldi. That's true. I mean, maybe it, it, my experience is different because it's more, it's the suburban Aldi, so it's more, you know. Uh, I mean, gotcha. there's still there's still a lot of people there but it's never like i mean I'm, I'm also not a psycho i don't go on like a sunday afternoon you know <laughs> like I'll, <laughs> I'll get my groceries like you know after work sometimes but um no i mean it usually moves pretty quick and, and yeah yeah you know you can't beat the fucking price but they they also never have like 20 percent of what you actually like there's you always you again you always find like 80 percent of what you need and then there's like ah fuck they oh, don't yeah. have this drink that I want or, you know, you, you know, just the name brand stuff. Nobody has. Yeah, it's it's like there's there's no grocery store in Chicago either that has everything that I need. Yeah. Right. Like because we don't have Meyer here in in Chicago. And I wish we did, because when I lived in other parts of the Midwest, when you have a Meyer, you literally have every single possible thing that's food ever. <laughs> it's just like oh and it, and you also want a couch too okay there you go there you go <laughs> um, pretty sure we make labels for them Meyer yeah. um but yeah so uh you know a couple things to get into this week obviously not a huge uh news week other than the fact that uh Trump and his and his cronies are are actually getting arrested and kind of you know going through that whole process so just, oh yeah Giul- uh, Giuliani's mugshot he uh managed to not have like a like sludge. Streaming down his face for once on camera. I mean, he looked like a total fucking mook, but he did right. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, condensating his fucking like his his black goo that he usually is condensating off the top of his fucking head. So I guess that's a benefit. Um, did you, I don't know if you saw it? He, he they uh cnn i guess had like a helicopter drone shot of him fucking walking into a uh second chance bail bonds in uh, Atlanta. So you can, oh my god so really? i guess he's broke enough that he's got to actually go to a bail bondsman which is kind of fucking hilarious um that is, i'm looking at the picture right now and he's like he just he looks like the fucking penguin yeah no he does he really does he's like all hunched over and the lighting's terrible on his face the devito penguin too not the the slightly less yeah, like ghastly fucking uh what's it called Colin uh, Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, <laughs> I was blanking for a second. Uh, uh, world's show too, me over world's here. greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the greatest penguin of all time. Very, very excited for his 
goofy fucking television series. Yeah, t- totally did not expect him to be the comic relief in a movie that was, you know, finally the dark and gritty Batman. So, yeah, actually knowledge. serious and and not like preposterous. But um, yeah, speaking of things that are awesome, uh, surprisingly, we should talk, I guess, about the the newest backlash to the only good fucking thing that Disney's put out. Uh, you know, for, in terms of their television series uh, Andor, because I guess there was a new round of uh, Andor reappraisal in the in the wake of the the release of the Ahsoka trailer. Um, and well, yeah. the show, the first two episodes of this show. Oh, did they come out today or or this week? I I mean, I've seen YouTubers talking about it. So I was, guess so, I think they do Tuesday releases, yeah. so probably yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I mean I watched a couple of them for a few minutes, and it seemed like everybody was kind of just like, yeah, it's it's Disney back to being extremely mid, is what it yeah. is. I mean, you could tell just from the trailers, like it it you know uh, the trailer they were like, I just I just don't I, I, I don't know. It's just so devoid of creativity. Like I you know it's amateur. It's, it's just it, amateur. It really is like just so low effort. Like you watch the and it's, again. I, I fucking love Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. I love the original trilogy. I even can make some time for elements of the prequel series, but you know, very few elements. But um, did, you, did you ever see the uh, the no cheese edits somebody put on YouTube of the prequel? That's very. It's very good. I mean, it's good. It's you know, it's it's significantly better. Let's put it that way. It's, There's uh, and they were up for a couple of years before they got taken down for copyright. I have a copy. Some, I think yeah, yeah. Somebody went through and like you know, cut out all of the fucking cornball baby brain bullshit in those movies to make something really good out of them. And each, each one was like, you know, about 20 minutes to half significantly shorter. shorter yeah. A lot, but a lot less like, jar oh, jar, a lot, you know, like here, just... here's the prequels for adults. Right. Basically. Right. right. And, and I think that, you know, the problem is that Disney has leaned into mostly going, okay, well the people that are tuning in for our shows are the people that grew up on the Dave Filoni cartoons. And that's what they think star Wars is supposed to be. Right, they didn't grow up with the original trilogy. They didn't grow up with, the, with even the prequels. They grew up with everything after that, which is just so weird because they still have this weird fucking nostalgia bait of like, let's let's CGI Uncanny Valley a fucking Luke Skywalker in rather than just recap. Like, do you think those people like associate uh, strongly with like Mark Hamill versus like I I don't know it just everything about their fucking strategy is just bizarre to me. I don't I really don't get it. And and the and the few times that they actually have creative successes, you know, with a Rogue One or with a Last Jedi or with an Andor. I mean, I'm not saying that they're downplaying Andor, but for the most part, they seem to shy away from uh, that as like a direction for the series when it's clear that like that's the avenue that would get them the most sort of, you know, uh, critical attention, popular attention. It's it's getting them the critical acclaim, but then it's like they see that as shooting themselves in the foot because it's not selling toys. Right. Ashoka is about selling toys. Baby Yoda is about selling toys. Yeah. Andor is not about selling toys. It's about good storytelling. <laughs> what are we talking about? That I'd is not a, Disney's brand. I'd buy a commemorative fucking brick <laughs> to hurl at somebody. I don't know what you're talking about. Seriously. Uh, but no, I get Yeah, there was not a lot of uh, toyetic uh, people or, or things in, uh, in Andor. So, I mean, I can't even well, imagine. But this, I mean, this is, this is how Cowboy Bebop you know, the legendary anime became legendary was because up to that point, every anime was made to sell toys mm. and they had a toy deal lined up to sell toys based on the, the spacecraft in that show. And the showrunner had deliberately had the spacecraft designed 
with too many, you know, like narrow parts so that you couldn't, you could build like a, you know, like a high expensive model out of it, but you couldn't mass produce cheap toys out of it. Mm. So the toy producer dropped out of, of the contract they had. Wow. And it was like, okay, well now we have the freedom to do whatever we want to do with this. We're not constrained by anything now. Hmm. And everybody involved in that show was like, hey, let's make an anime for adults. And it changed everything. It changed everything in anime going forward after that. Because that was the new high watermark for creative storytelling in a genre that had previously been for babies, basically. Yeah. Right? And that's what Andor did. And that's why you see Andor trending every week. But you don't see any of the other shows they've done trending. But it seems like the the new trend is to... You know, because they're they're going to keep producing very mediocre content for children, basically, for ten year olds. Um, you know, people that consume ten year old media, things like you know Venom and Venom Two, that kind of shit, where it's deliberately written for a ten year old audience, um, and that's why they have to keep that PG thirteen rating, is to shit all over the really good thing they made, and that's right. the way that they're promoting Ashoka. It seems like because they know it's not good. They know it's not good. They know people are going to compare it to the good thing that Tony Gilroy made. So they have to shit all over it and make it like out to be this. Oh, well, if you're, you know, the, the, if you're the Andor fan, you're the Bernie bro of the Star Wars franchise. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it either. It's like, it's just so bizarre to me that there's no, it, it's just like this, this like willful ignorance, like being proud of like not expecting more from from like the culture that you consume i don't know I, I don't know it's just a very bizarre thing to me like look i enjoy some crap like tv or whatever like just as much as the next person but when something that i like is pleasantly surprising to me and how well written it is or well acted or well directed or well put together well shot it, it's just that to me is like the the fucking best of both worlds like it that that i don't that should be what everything strives for. It should strive to be better and elevate the medium and not just, you know, well, turn out the same crap. And it just, there's a weird, like willful resistance to that as if like, get that good television, get that good entertainment away from my fucking crap. Like you can't have any of that in here. Well, that's, I mean, I th it comes down to the fact that they, I don't think they know. I don't think the people defending the shitty stuff know why the good stuff is good, right? So the people that say, well, you know, the Tony Gilroy stuff and the Dave Filoni stuff, you know, both can exist, right? I don't think they understand the difference between the two because I think they watch a show like Andor and go, that doesn't even feel like Star Wars to me. It's like, yeah, because it was fucking good and you're not used to that and you don't know why it's good. You don't know what makes good storytelling because you've been watching fucking crap all your life. I mean, you just compare the, the 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 writing of even like of the of the good quote unquote good Star Wars, like a you know you compare the writing of like Empire Strikes Back, like dialogue wise to the dialogue in Andor, and you're like, this is just not the same universe. Like this is not. Imagine anybody on in in, in like in a, in a Lucas Penn script, uh, reciting a speech like like fucking. Um, What's his face? Stel uh, Stellan Skarsgård recites in that. Yeah, or the, or the fuck episode. the Empire speech. Or know? yeah, exactly. Or the fuck the Empire. Well, what should have been the fuck the Empire speech? It was the fuck the Empire. Yeah, speech. no, it's, fair enough. Fair enough. 
Um, um, but that's, I mean, that's it, obviously it's good writing and it starts with good writing, but you know, it, it, Star Wars didn't start with good writing. It started with a good idea, you know, but the, the, you know, Lucas was, was willing to, you know, let people basically anybody rewrite dialogue on the day. Cause he was like, I don't know, this sounds fine to me. You know, all the actors were like, no, this is so fucking nerdy he, that no one would talk this way. No, no. And he was, <laughs> and so good, he was like, okay, a good story rewrite. writer. He's not a good Right, he's not a good scriptwriter. He's not and a good screenwriter. The reason why the fucking humor works so good, um, you know, for the, the, the second, third movies, is because Carrie Fisher rewrote all of it. Yeah, well, he didn't write it, and yeah, he also stru- struck fucking gold with the people he ended up casting for that. At least in terms absolutely, of absolutely, yeah, Harrison and, and, and Carrie. You know, but it's also like I, I, you know, not to sound old, but I feel like people from just before our generation were kind of like the last generation where you had to be an adult to work in Hollywood where now it's like, they'll take fucking anybody. Yeah. As long as you're cheap. Right. So you have people that are just like, you know, basically writing their childhood fantasy of what they wish the world was like that, you know, like I I can't watch shit like that. It's race to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, it's more race to the bottom type shit, even with like with the, with the type of movies they make and the type of directors they, you know, and as part of it, as a streaming wars, we'll, we'll just take anybody. It's like, oh, you want to do a whole show about, uh, you know, She-Hulk? Okay, let's give it to any woman that'll direct it. You know, regardless it, it was, of how good it's going to be, we'll just put it out there. And it was fucking terrible, right? And like and, the and the most naked it's been is like that that stretch where they were just giving like major like billion dollar franchise movies to like first time directors where they were like, right. hey, you directed a fucking indie movie. Here's Jurassic World. Hey, you directed, <laughs> you know, a fucking, hey, you directed like a, a weird like uh, indie superhero movie. Here's Star Wars 8. Like, you know, like it's just, it's just. And, and, right. And they, like they're not being hired to direct anything because they've already fucking done all the, you know, all the previs for them. Right. You know, it's just we need somebody there to be in charge of everyone who already knows what it's be exactly a body to make happen. sure people show up to set on time, basically, right. and do do the shit it, it that is, we already arranged for you. You know, it, it is a machine. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to make something unique, you've got to probably already know how the system works ahead of time to get around it, uh, you know, or, or struggle through it or just be a cog. Right. Yeah. But it is it is interesting just this 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 pushback on Andor because it's it's also there's a quite a bit of gaslighting involved in it trying yeah. to paint it as something it's not. This this tweet got a lot of circulation. Um, random person probably used a fan of the franchise, um, a little bit younger, uh, but who knows? It could be a paid account. We you know we know how much AstroTurf on social media is part of of media campaigns for for properties and projects but uh this young woman said initial ashoka thoughts dave filoni lovingly brings his rebels to life in a story that embraces mythology magic and lore in a way that could turn off say Andor fans <laughs> slower pace than expected but still throwing for this rebels fan natasha Liu bordizzo is my early mvp so actor on the on the ashoka show uh yeah so just that fucking clickbait clickbait oh oh if you if you like this shit if you're into astrology and not astronomy then you'll like this show <laughs> not the bernie bros show and or yeah so it, it 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 so people immediately jumped on this fucking clickbait uh with images of the eye from Andor, the celestial phenomenon that becomes mm. like a huge part of the plot uh and there's a you know a a, a indigenous people who are very uh mythological and this is like their pilgrimage 
And the person replied, in what world did Indor not embrace mythology and magic? <laughs> yeah. And so, also just one of maybe the most visually beautiful shot in or, you know, scene in, in Star Wars history. It's amazing on the it's, it's incredible. television show that they were able to do that. Yeah, and it's part. It's an integral part of the plot too. Right, and you it know, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just the, some big bullshit to look at for the right. sake of it. And, and one of the few times that you remember, like, oh yeah, Star Wars takes place amongst the stars. Right. <laughs> you know, not not just warping from pla- planet to planet. You know, now we're on the fucking jungle planet. Now we're on the ice planet, because apparently, you know, every planet in this galaxy uh, has only one biome per planet. So. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. But what uh, you, you said? Other, did you, yeah, yeah, a couple of tweets here. So, in, in response to this woman's tweet, um, she's basically saying Ashoka is return. Ashoka is a return to a bunch of uninterestingly complicated cartoon lore for a show with 500 episodes that a bunch of millennials watched in their late 20s. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of a burn there. Yeah, and then another one. Uh, Ugh. Elitist Andor bros demanding that Star Wars be good instead of unwatchable dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't good. stand the pretentiousness of wanting things to be good. <laughs> and then the last one here was Andor was 9-11 for glup shit oh guys. <laughs> 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 like, oh, oh fuck. Now it's good. Not now single... we have to live in a world knowing that our fucking version of Star Wars is fucking dog shit. Yeah, no, not a glup shit on sight, unfortunately, for them. <laughs> um, but, you know. Speaking yeah. of Star Wars, um, we had some space news that we wanted to, to get to uh, this yeah. week. Um, so, uh, apparently, there was a space race between Russia and India to get to the South Pole of the moon. Who knew? moon. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't fucking know about this until. Like, what, what are we, what's, what's. What's the point of going to the moon at this point? I don't know. I already fucking went there, uh, did some push-ups on it, drove a car around on it. Oiled it's not real, it. bro. What that was set. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Come on. Watch, uh, was a fucking room 217, 237. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it, you know what? Look, I mean, there's, I think there's. I did I'd watch re- that documentary, by the way. It's actually good. It's in, it's 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 somewhat interesting. I mean, it's mostly well, I, bullshit, I, but I like you know. how it starts off with like things that are actually like he intentionally did in his movies, right? And that it and just works gets gradually off the further, rails. further and further into this fucking crazy town. Yeah, right. It, it, and it, it, but I love that approach that they start off with, like, oh, so the Indian in this can of soup in the background meant this thing, and that you know shows you what it like the the, the director's actual descent into madness, much mirroring Jack Torrance's fucking right. descent into madness. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, so, oh, it, I mean, I, I personally, I'm sort of a mixed bag when it comes to Kubrick conspiracies, because I believe that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, but he filmed it on the moon, because he's that much of a purist. <laughs> well, you never know. Could be possible. <laughs> um, All right, everyone get no, in the spaceship. But, We're going to right. the moon to fake the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> and action. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so Russia, Russia was trying to get there before India, I, I guess. Even though they're both members of BRICS, they're not really, you know, they're allies as opposed to, you know, we're not uh, the U.S. with uh, with Russia. But Russia launched uh, after India, but got there first, but uh, did not stick the landing. Apparently, hmm. yeah, they crashed. They crashed into the moon, which it seems like after all this time, like that's probably not a very hard thing to do is to land on the moon at this point we've been doing it for like what 50 years 
Yeah, was it a mancraft or an unmancraft? No, 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 no. If it, if it was a mancraft, it would be round the clock news. Well, you're right, I, and that's kind of what I thought. But you know, you never know in this country with the way we're fucking so rusophobic. But yeah, <sighs> well, that's, so uh, yeah, no, nobody's sending manned uh, missions to the moon except for the U.S. Uh, at this point. Um, I mean, we have a planned manned mission to go back there, and I don't know, fucking play some putt putt golf or something. Um. But yeah, so India got there, and it's the first time they've ever landed a, a, a lander craft, whatever, on the moon. So it's a big deal for them. Good for them. Awesome. Um, but just the fact that the Russian one crashed was a total loss. Makes me a little suspicious that we may have sabotaged it somehow. Uh, they apparently had a uh, inexplicable comms failure with their craft at a critical point of their deceleration. Hmm. Um, Weird. And- I I wouldn't put it past us to have you know sent out a rogue satellite that would have fucked with their uh, communications at the right moment purely out of spite. Yeah, it would have been tremendously easy for us to do. Also, like it, it that would not yeah. have taken a lot. I mean, we we literally blew up an oil pipeline out of spite, and and then gleefully took credit for it <laughs> in the intelligence community. So well, yeah, because then you could paint them as incompetent and like, look, they're not even as competent as they were in 1969 or whatever. Like, it's just. It, it, it's very... And the media coverage of this... I have two paragraphs here that just, you know, Western media to a T. So this is from a website called Ars Technica. A-R-S Technica. A-R-S Technica, yeah. Yeah, uh, by a guy named Eric Berger, who is the <laughs> senior space editor at Ars Technica, covering everything from astronomy to private sa- space work to wonky NASA policy and author of the book Liftoff about the rise of SpaceX. <laughs> So he's a company man, Eric Berger. He writes, the Russian mission to the moon was one of several spacecraft that were uh, to attempt a landing on the moon in the next six months, alongside probes from Japan, India and the United States. In this sense, Russia is just one of many nations participating in a second space race back to the moon alongside nations and private companies alike. But unlike NASA, China, and India, and several companies in the United States and Japan, the Luna 25 ever does not presage the coming of a golden era of exploration for Russia. Rather, it is more properly seen, again, like you're, you're telling us what to think here. Rather, it is more properly seen as the latest gasp of a dying empire, an attempt by the modern state of Russia and President Vladimir Putin to revive old glories. So just like just the amount of fucking hubris in that. Yeah. Properly seen. The way you should properly see this is being totally different than any other country because we don't like Russia is basically what he's saying. (laughs) Yeah. Again, everything, everything makes me suspicious about this. Um, You know, not that there's not a legitimate, you know, uh, a gold rush to the South hemisphere of the moon because there might be water there. And again, like how, who, who owns the moon? Whoever's their latest, <laughs> basically. Yeah, whoever, whoever, fucking, you know, stationed some nukes up there first, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I, I mean, who, how do you decide who gets the water rights to the moon? Oh, right? Do, do we all just build our own fucking water? We, we, we sell it to the highest bidder, and then uh, the countries who've made it to the moon split the pl- split the profits equally. I think that would be the only fair and 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 logical way to do it uh, in in modern modern fucking. Uh, times, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll. will you know, what what, what did uh, Elon say that you know whoever whoever whatever corporation gets to Mars first gets to make the laws. 
Yeah, like, no, that just, that seems logical. <laughs> just literally total recall. If you if you protest the laws you don't like, we'll turn the air off. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fucking bleak. But you know, I, I, on one hand, though, I do like the fact that some people are still making an attempt to you know at least put efforts into space exploration, even if it's you know just for fucking bragging rights or just you know as something to do uh it, I, it, it's 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 a more worthwhile venture than almost any other application that that money would be used for because any yeah. other application would be fucking i, I like space military yeah, you know bullshit. i'm not i'm not one of those people that's like oh we're wasting money on space stuff it's like you, you know how much you know what a tiny fraction of money goes into space exploration versus right. every other th- fucking thing we do i wish we wouldn't fucking sublet it to to dipshit boy and you know and, and his fucking horrible company but uh, you know I, yeah. I i really wish we could get back more into the just purely publicly funded uh space program but you know uh, yeah well because they're still getting subsidies from way. the government but it's you know nasa doesn't want to do redundant shit they want to be on the precipice of of doing new shit they haven't done over and over and over so i kind of get that but yeah it's apparently india did this on the cheap this this entire program to get their probe on the moon they spent 75 million dollars Wow. Which is nothing. No, yeah, and, and, and <laughs> that's that's like an, yeah, that's like an indie movie budget. <laughs> um, so yeah, good times. I wish him yeah. the best, and uh, yeah, way to go, India! Finally, finally did it. Finally, in the three hundred sixty-five thousand mile high club. Well, you know, speaking of things that are making a comeback, we should talk about the uh, the story you had on uh, sailboats, I guess, are making a comeback in, in the world. I'm sailing. Yes. Okay. So because of uh, because of the uh, Titan submersible implosion, uh, a lot of people that had very fringe followings on YouTube now have very large followings on YouTube because everybody got in on the fucking on the Titan submersible story that dominated the news for a week. And there's a guy who was, he had it like a, just like a shipping news YouTube channel. He's like in his middle fifties, but he's also a firefighter. So he specializes in like shipping disaster stories. Mm. Right. So he's an expert in like two different things, which pretty much makes him like the only expert who's who has a YouTube channel uh, who is a, both a, has been both a merchant mariner and a firefighter in his career so he can speak very you know well about the kind of stuff so i you know i watched a few of his videos about the titan implosion but now like youtube's like oh hey you you want to keep watching this guy so just he's gonna he keep showing up on your homepage, right so i see this video and it's a fucking like long ass tanker ship you know where it's like you got the conning tower at the back you know where it says no smoking and got the bridge and little wings that stick out right and then you've got 800 feet of flat ship out in front of it but it's got these two giant fucking sails on it, hmm. right? And I'm like, oh, that's okay. So are, are we putting sails back on ships now? And turns out, yeah. So uh, Cargill, Car- C-A-R-G-I-L, Cargill, sure. Cargill. is a, uh, a food shipping company, one of the largest in the world, uh, leading charter of around 650 to 700 vessels a year because nobody owns their own ships. It's like the company that owns the ship is one company and then the company that cruises the ship is another company and the company that charters the ship is another company and then they're flagged out of another country and it's, it's like it's a huge thing so like nobody wants to put money into this but apparently they got a grant from the un to do this but they have these giant fucking sails they're not sails exactly like fabric but they're metal 
uh, lightweight metal, about 130 feet tall. And each one has like three different parts to it so they can rotate it. Uh, they can lower it flat with the deck if they have to go under a bridge at a port. They can basically turn these things any different angle so that no matter, no matter what direction they're going, they can get some wind power out of it. Um, and apparently, this is, let's see. So cargo each year makes more than 4,000 voyages, moving 225 million tons of dry and wet bulk commodities around the world every year. So that's, they're just one company, right? Like almost everything we have in the world gets shipped by a ship across the ocean at some point. Right. right. Or some component of it, iron ore, whatever it is, some part of almost everything you own has been shipped somewhere over the sea. So it's a huge, huge chunk of our carbon emissions is bunker fuel for these massive ships. And it's still the most efficient way to send stuff. It's just do, do we really need to have that be the only thing? So they believe that, you know, with just two of these sails on every ship that they have, and obviously ships are different size, but uh, two of these sails could reduce uh, bunker fuel consumption by uh, one and a half to two tons of fuel per day per ship. Wow. Which, which could be industry wide a 30 to 50% reduction in carbon emissions from boat shipping if it was implemented, you know, everywhere, uh, basically. And mostly it would be for, you know, very long routes. International shipping is usually pretty long routes, big city to big city across, you know, huge swaths of the ocean. But huge swaths of the ocean are where winds are very predictable. So this could be very profitable and also be a really good, good thing for the planet. So I Yeah, I mean, I, there's I a reason there are shipping lanes that exist. I mean, these are right. the, the, before we had the power <laughs> the, to, to power boats that we used to fucking use these lanes because we knew that they that the winds were so you know reliable that we could use. Yeah, them. yeah. They're going to be probably less reliable now that we're fucking up the jet stream and the, you know, <laughs> and, and throwing that all off. But true, they're still to true. some extent, you know, reliable. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I looked into it. And I was like, this seems like too good of a good thing. And it's like, OK, the only thing that would make it not good is if not enough companies build the fucking thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that would be, you know, in a just society, a country that uh, cared about the environment would subsidize these companies to actually, you know, retrofit their fucking boats with these sails to, to and actually. That's, that's yeah. And that's what's happening initially is this. this they got this uh, loan or a grant from the U.N., which I'm sure is, you know enough for like one ship and they're going to try it out for a couple years and then maybe <laughs> right. spend some money on their own. But um, yeah, now I, I think I sent you a picture of it. Maybe I didn't send a picture of it. I'm not sure, but uh, so. just do a search for it. Cargill, C-A-R-G-I-L-L. And then ship winds wing, maybe do a search for that and you'll see what this thing looks like. But uh, yeah, oh, wow. again, it's, it's like, why, why did we ever not, why did we ever stop using the wind? Is what yeah, I want to know. It's, it's silly. Well, because I mean, at, you know, once we figured out how to do it without it, there was, you know, at that point, no thought given to the long term impact of it whatsoever. Just like, oh, look, we can right. do this thing now. We have to. We could have three guys well, down in in the engine room wearing headphones so they don't go deaf, or we or we need like fifty guys on the deck to you know pull the riggings and sails and all that shit. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with the cheaper. This, this looks significantly more automated too than the old school. You know, like hoist the anchor and fucking. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely looks, looks like, like it just like un unfurls kind of, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, it's got a UN flag right on. I'm sure the conspiracy theorists will love oh, that. Oh yeah, the new world order. The globalists <laughs> want you to use the wind that God gave you and not the oil that God gave you. 
That's incredible, uh, though. It'd be, it'd be great if we started it, you know, and I, I've always had a thing for fucking wooden ships that, you know, sail, sailing ships, uh, you know, there's a big, uh, in New England especially, just because there are so many port cities and, you know, towns and whatnot around here, there's always a ton of, like, you know, nautical history museums and lots of old shit, like in, in Mystic, Connecticut, there's a, a, a kind of like a preservation sort of uh seaport place where they have all these fucking ships from the 1800s these sailing vessels so oh yeah it, it's it's i've always been into that but it's just cool to see that you know we, we still can find practical uses for that sort of no-brainer shit like that and that we're actually yeah making an effort yeah. to bring it back well you know? you know i've lived most of my life you know within a couple miles of the great lakes so i i am steeped in maritime lore um you ever go up to, you know, I don't know if you've been there, but I, so I, no, I've no, been no. up to Whitefish Point, which was the point that the Edmund Fitzgerald was trying to get past to get out of the, the heavy waves of that um, gale in November. Mm. Um, and if you go to Whitefish Point, you know, it's not that remarkable, except for giant chunks of ships littered everywhere on the beach. <laughs> really? Going like that's most cool. of them are wood. I mean, it's not cool, but it's, that's yeah, it's, no, to it's see. a fucking graveyard. It's a fucking graveyard because like anything that that is trying to outrun a storm for the last two hundred years would try to make it to this point for shelter, and uh, all of the ships that didn't quite make it, the currents would wash whatever was left of the ship up onto the beach. So there's giant chunks of wooden ship hulls just sticking up out of the fucking beach for miles. That's amazing. Yeah. Nobody like removed those or like it, like took those. Like that's 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 kind of crazy. I, you know, it's just there's so many of them. They don't have any value, right? Yeah. And and I think like most of them, like you know, if if it was a a wreck in the middle of the lake on the bottom, then discovering it would be like a you know a rare thing. But when it just washes up on the fucking beach, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's a chunk of that fucking thing. <laughs> it's not special, right? <laughs> so as happens in Chicago every summer, where you'll have people get drunk who don't tie up their boat and then we have a storm and then their boat gets fucking washed out to the, you know, in the middle of the lake and then comes back in and gets fucking washed up on shore upside down. Uh, you know, and this, this, we almost, I almost didn't see one this summer until just the other day down at the 63rd street beach. There it was washed up on the rocks. Somebody's fucking 30 foot yacht. <laughs> no, no, you know, and it's, it's not anyone's responsibility. It's considered lost. You know, if you don't realize your boat is gone, no one's going to see it and call you and be like, oh, yeah, come get your boat. Like, no one cares. It's literally nobody's responsibility. The Coast Guard doesn't even, like, like tow it and fucking take care of it? Coast Guard only cares about a ship that is in distress when people's lives are in danger. Right. They have no interest in a in abandoned vessel. Basically. No, exactly. Exactly. They de- Like, the, the harbor master, the police, the fire department... Unless they get a call about somebody in, in distress, they don't give a shit about fucking a shipwreck. I mean, and we're talking, you know, personal yachts, too. So it's not like it's a huge fucking vessel. Um, they just they don't care. It's not the priority. They have other shit to worry about, basically. So uh, it, it is amazing how many times I have seen up close somebody's boat just be sitting there bobbing in the water up against the rocks for weeks at a time before anyone does anything about it. Right. Because it's, you know, like if you didn't know, if you didn't, you know, if you only take your boat out every couple of weeks and you didn't know it was adrift at sea, <laughs> no one's going to call you and tell you. So why would you know? No, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. It's um, great. It's great living on the Great Lakes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things before we get out of here. I, yeah. Did you see that 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 uh, 
the fucking pre, 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 I don't know how you fucking pronounce this guy's name, Prejosian. The the Russian opposition leader uh was was killed in a plane crash with nine other people. Like Oh fucking, yeah. Well we so, all knew uh, that was gonna happen. Yeah, it was, this, is, this is the head of this this Wagner Wagner group right. of of neo Nazi militias. That anytime we talked about Nazis in Ukraine, you know, suddenly everyone you know, every liberal was like, oh, what about the Wagner group in Russia? It's like, uh, okay, they're not sponsored by the government for one. Uh, and for two, that was only their leader that was a Nazi and he died a long time ago. But their current leader was like, hey, what if we did a coup against Putin in Russia? Right. And they were going to, I forget what city it was they were going to take over and then they got talked out of it. Right. I think he was going to march to Moscow. I thought it was like a legit. He said le- that, but they already had like they, they mobilized tanks in Moscow, but there was another city they had a much larger presence in. Uh, it was a bigger concern. This is like a couple months ago, like back in the spring, or right, the summer. Right. Yeah, I remember. Vaguely. But I think we all knew this guy was like, yeah, you, he was this guy. It was it was coming. <laughs> like you, you don't you don't try to do a coup in Russia and and, and live much longer. No, no, you gotta, but you gotta love all the uh, the fucking Dark Knight memes that came or Dark Knight Rises rather memes that came out of it. The fucking Bane, you know, like the opening scene of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, no, I haven't play. seen any of those. Oh, just, yeah. Just that, describe them in funny. detail to me. <laughs> just, just, you know, basically just his head on on one of their bodies. I'll, I'll see if I can find one. I'll send it to you. But uh, it, it was amusing. So, yeah, you know, that 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 happened this week. Um, A lot of things crashing in and around or from Russia this week. <laughs> yeah, no, the, kind of an eventful week for them. Um, we, yeah. we, before Did we get you, out of here. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry, we were going to say. Or you had... One other thing you were going to get to, I wanted to mention, I saw this trending yesterday. At the same time, masks were trending because we've got like more COVID variants coming back right now than ever before. Um, and at the same time, trending right above it was, do not comply. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to click on it and it's going to have everything to do with mask mandates. And sure yep. enough, it did uh, because the the uh, the party of law and order and complying with law and order does not want to comply with anything that mildly conveniences them going from fucking Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A or Cracker Barrel. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and that, yeah, this is what I wanted to mention too. It's just, it's hilarious to me. Um, uh, You know, I I knew the minute that, that the Democrats sort of retreated on any sort of public health messaging whatsoever, that they would never be able to get it back. And that was a very deliberate surrender because they knew it was not a, electorally popular thing to say like yeah i mean you guys probably should still wear masks indoors like it's you know we're, we we don't know the long-term effects of covid uh you know on your brain uh and everything we've seen so far is it's probably not fucking great for you uh th- that wasn't a politically popular thing to say because people were were over it at that point so they they completely embraced the messaging of like just fucking let it rip everything's fine we solved it even though we did nothing to so we did less than the fucking Trump administration did to solve it, you know, miraculously. Um, and now they're trying to kind of, and I don't even think Biden is, cause I mean, he's, you know, he's always been a fucking right wing, you know, science denying piece of shit, but to some extent, public health officials are trying to put the fucking Pandora back in the box and it's just not going to ever happen. Like we, we've already resigned ourselves to just full, full blown, like, let this thing mutate as many times as possible. We had our chance fucking three years ago to stop it and we didn't. And it's just going to forever exist now. Um, and people can deal with it in their own way. And that's, it is what it is, but it is funny to see public health officials start to 
like put the tone back in the water of like, yeah, we really shouldn't have told you not to do this in the first place, but maybe you should do it again. And people are like, yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, it's it's just hilarious to me that these do not comply people who, you know, clearly don't understand how much Democrats don't care about public health because no Democrat is going to endorse mask mandates again. No, no, God, no. But they're they're con- they, they're so eager. The, the, these MAGA idiots are so eager to have something to be outraged by that. You know, they're they're convinced they're like, oh, it's happening again. It's happening again. Don't comply. Don't comply. It's like, do you honestly literally nobody's telling you to put a fucking mask on except for I wish they were scientists. Scientists are like, hey, you probably should do this. I'm not telling you you have to. But like for your own fucking benefit, you probably should. God damn you. Don't tell me what to do. I'll fucking I'll take a hammer to my fucking brain before I listen to you. It's just. You know, the, the stu- again, when you're when you're not oppressed, all you, all you do is constantly seek oppression because you want to feel a, that same level of oppression. That what about a father's rights, Anthony? What about a father's <laughs> rights? It's oh it's God. just it's just unreal. These fucking clowns. But you know, speaking I, what, of clowns, uh, I didn't even know this was a thing that was happening. But apparently, tonight is the first GOP presidential debate. Oh yeah, no, it's, and a, it's, I, a, it's a heavy, it's a heavy a lineup of heavy hitters tonight. I didn't even know anyone was running for fucking president for GOP other than DeSantis and Trump. Uh, yeah, apparently there's 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 eight people running who aren't Trump, uh, and Trump's not even going to be there. Which talk about a fucking power move <laughs> is to he, so he, to, he to not show up. So, but he's not there for two reasons. One, he wouldn't sign there. Uh, stupid loyalty pledge they're making people like do a loyalty pledge saying that you won't um run third party and that you won't participate in non-rnc sanctioned debates so he wouldn't sign that um i'm sure they still would have let him compete or whatever but uh the other thing is he's also like in the middle of getting arrested. <laughs> so like it's not great timing uh for him to go to this debate. The, the the four indictments themselves are not holding him back. It's just the timing of him physically having to be there for right. a mugshot. Physically shot. having to be in Georgia. Um yeah. I, I I thought you were to say like the loyalty pledge was like he has to pledge not to like, you know, make up funny nicknames for everyone oh, else no, on stage. God. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let him sign that. I mean, that's the only fucking thing that that's worth. Clearly, the only thing that makes those worthwhile. He would he would gun them down, right? And he knows yeah. it, and they know it. So they're they're probably so, all happy that he's not going to be there, so they can have like a tiny little moment of of uh, of hope in their did, campaign. The, and you know, the good thing is that DeSantis may go full Homelander in this in this debate because without Trump as the primary target, everyone the the rule of the debate is whoever's leading the most on that stage in the polls course. is who you fucking you hammer. You all hammer that person because you I, want. I didn't re- even- but all these people run. I didn't even know any of these people running. I mean, I know them, but I didn't know they were running. Right? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no. I mean, they have? Tim Scott. I, I think was running. He he always runs. He always gets like two percent of the vote. He's you know. Who is that? He's who he's is- Republican second favorite black person behind Larry Elder, who I guess oh, is also yeah. running. Okay. Yeah, but didn't I see qualify here. for the uh, debate. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina that makes sense. Larry Elder. I, Larry Elder's wild because he was like a, a he was like you know white people's favorite black guy when i was a fucking kid and he's still somehow around and kicking uh which just shows you how lucrative it is being like the black guy that that professes you know white ideals towards black people if if you're you know living in america 
it's kind of incredible. Um, but he's running. Yeah. Uh, Tim Scott's running, uh, some, uh, Indian guy that I don't, I'm not familiar with at all, but I guess he's like gaining traction. Cause again, he's like, you know, not one of these fossils oh, that yeah. seen for a million years. Vivek Ram Ram Ramaswamy. Yeah. Sounds very Indian. Uh, yeah. I, I, who's the, who's the fucking chick running for this? Is, um, what, oh, Nikki Haley, Haley. Nikki go. Haley, that fucking lunatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, is she like the least lunatic out of all of the fucking? I mean, she worked for. She did work for. She was appointed. I forgot. God, I forget what the hell he appointed her to. I don't know. They're all fucking nuts to some extent. Mike but. Pence. Mike Pence was vice president, and now he's running for president. I didn't <laughs> even know that. That's see. That's one of the funniest ones. I feel like he's gonna have the funniest fucking. Because he's the other one who, even though he's like doing sh- like really shittily in the polls, will get hammered a little bit because he was vice president and he does have like the probably the, of everyone on the stage the most name recognition. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be him and DeSantis probably going at it with each other and and the others trying to you know pick away at them. But um, you know it, it it's not gonna be as entertaining as if Trump was there. I think it would have been much more entertaining for everyone well, involved. And that's why it's such a power move because he knows he's the front runner. And it, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the look that it throws is kind of like, this isn't worth my time. This, this is fucking Mickey Mouse time. And right. all these, you know, nobodies can fight each other. And once it gets down to one or two of them, then I'll show up. Right. <laughs> is, is what it says. And he's right because he's the front runner and he knows he doesn't have to be there for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know for sure. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see if. He ends up doing one of these. I, I, I do imagine when it gets down to just him and DeSantis, um, as sad as that's going to be for DeSantis, because, <laughs> I mean, he, he's he's already trailing by, like, 40 points. This is not going to get any better for him. Unless no. they all decide no. to drop out, like, it's going to be a rough, uh, it's going to be a rough fall for, for, for DeSantis and everyone else running, but. it's Yeah, uh, I mean, Trump's got it. Obviously, he's already, got, he's got this in the bag, you know, and he's gets you know somehow convicted before the vote which likely isn't going to happen um you know there's nothing about being convicted that prevents somebody from running for president or winning the presidency so it's going to be fucking wild (laughs) it is going to be wild and again we're going to be facing trump versus biden like the fucking the most sophie's choice of all sophie's choices and what was sophie's choice by the way i mean I I, like i know what the name well, <laughs> what was the, what was the choice that sophie i think had it so, to make i think it had something to do with abortion I, I believe it had something to do with abortion uh we'll look that up as we're talking yeah because I, I, I i've heard that you know that that euphemism a lot lately and i'm i'm always just kind of like does does anyone know what the choice was that sophie had to make in whatever thing that story's from that i don't know anything about i, I don't know uh it huh, actually sounds more interesting than i thought it would um <laughs> <laughs> uh what uh, yeah wait let me google what is i know this is great radio what is i love how i google what is and sophie's choice auto populates that's uh that's hilarious um oh no okay it's not <laughs> oh my god that that's horrible um so what i guess spoilers for for this movie from 1982 sophie's choice uh what was sophie's choice in the end upon arrival at auschwitz uh she had been forced to choose one of her children to be sent to the gas chamber 
both of them would be killed if she didn't choose. So she chose. Oh, I won't say who she chose in case anyone wants to go watch it. But uh, definitely, I mean, different I cannot than I wait to go was. watch this now. It sounds like riveting entertainment. It sounds sounds like a rip rip roaring good fucking time on a Friday night. I don't know about you. I definitely want to see a movie where I mean, a mother has to choose between sending one of her two kids to the gas chamber. That seems like a uh, that seems like a thing Nazis would do, but also seems like a thing somebody just made up. It seems like a thing a Hollywood screenwriter would think Nazis would do. You it's, know, it's, sure. it, yeah, it's like the the, the Bible story about the two mothers that claim the baby was both theirs and the king was like well cut the baby in half and you can each yeah, have half king herod like i that, think it was that yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah um, or, or, or isn't that like jo- it wasn't like there's something with like job too where he had to like kill one of his sons or some shit like that it's all like that it's, it's all, all like the what's, what's the most fucked up thing we can think of and somebody you know has some kind of altruistic it's 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 it, all it's all fucking societal programming for like except the lesser of two evils like except the except the idea that you're that you're gonna have two shitty choices you could just choose not to participate in this charade but no that's not the message we're gonna send you we're gonna send you the message of learn to to choose one of these two and then maybe you know life will be easier for you yeah although i do understand the value of you know as a narrative structure the um the the uh so the polarization of you know the protagonist has has to make one of two choices with very little time to make the choice so you have to fucking you're like what would i do in that situation this is you know like look at the mission impossible movies like the the, tom cruise has to make a equally impossible choice at at least five to six different points in each movie yep and you're like oh fuck i don't you know what would i do i don't know (laughs) and you don't have time to think about it either but whereas these stories are kind of more designed to make you you know sit there and ponder it for a long time i gotta i gotta finish watching some of those i've only seen up through i think four i gotta i gotta check out some of the later ones i've heard the 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 six uh, the last one not the one that just came out but the one before that is like top 10 best action films i've ever seen in my life yeah Um, the pacing is the pacing and the editing and the music that drives the whole thing because they make these they they fucking they design all the stunt scenes and start shooting all the stunt scenes before they even have a script <laughs> right right so, so they the, make the, the fact that they sit around them right yeah and it's just it's always going to be MacGuffin. you know it's the rabbit's foot or it's the this thing or whatever uh the one that just came out that didn't do well because it was going up against barbenheimer was you know th- there's no real enemy other than this ai right which no movies really had that before apparently right. at least not in this way and the AI can do things like, uh, like erase you from from security camera footage in real time. So like they're chasing this guy, and he just disappears from their feed because the AI is like digitally removing people from like things that like I've never even thought about. I'm like, wow, that's really fucking amazing. Like I, hmm. I hope that doesn't happen because you know if there's a bad guy with a nuke in his backpack, you want to catch him on the CCTV or something. I don't know. But anyway, I plan to see it. I just, you know, I, I dropped a ton of money on Barbenheimer that weekend. So I'm, I'm a little tapped out for cinema funds, which yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of feeling the same thing about this summer was, you know, if had there not been Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think that last Mission Impossible movie would have done much bigger numbers. Yeah, no, it was unfortunate timing. Um, I, speaking of, speaking of, uh, movies spending way too much fucking money that i don't have uh i just found this uh i want to highlight a local it's not local to me but a a mom and pop brick and mortar uh store it's called grindhouse video there i think they're in knoxville um but they ship you know countrywide i bought like a shit ton of fucking movies from them uh yesterday including a uh 
thief uh 4k version of thief uh remastered uh of thief michael mann's thief michael i've been, t- thief. So I've been telling you to be watch to... for like years well, then, holy now, shit now, now i'm getting it it's fucking you know it's on and they, oh, they're running a, they're running an awesome uh promo on their website like buy two get one free on all their uh blu-rays and it's that's fucking like, awesome you're gonna love that movie it is it is like it is peak chicago like 1979 1982 chicago like I, I will bike past some of the buildings that are in that movie still that there, still yeah. exist. And I'm just like, oh my god, do you, like I'm like looking around, like do you people know? Do you, do you know this? <laughs> this is the fucking building from Thief where they shot that scene. It has the fucking windows and the like the the fucking slanted corner office building with the thing and like, oh my god, no, it's so good, it's so good, and you can see the seeds of like every other great fucking crime drama he did yeah. come out of that. I just watched Collateral. Uh, I love Collateral. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, and then immediately afterwards, Netflix was like, "Hey, do you want to watch Miami Vice?" And I was like, "Yep." (laughs) (laughs) I never saw his. I never saw his Miami Vice. I heard it's way better than than it got credit for. It is. It is. Colin Farrell's great and everything. Um, but it's also not like you know because there's been so many things rebooted as kitsch. Sure. You know, like the the opposite kind of right. Yeah, where it was way more serious than the 80s TV show was. And it's like, yeah, you're still watching fucking narco cops, but like there's they're, they're so undercover that like you forget, like you almost wonder, like, hey, have they forgotten they're still undercover? Are they in too deep <laughs> kind of a thing? <laughs> Jamie Foxx is great in it, too. But it's it was back when Michael Mann was shooting everything on like low quality video so that he could shoot with only available light at night uh, for very, very cheap. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it still looks great. It still looks fucking great. Um, great pacing. Great. You know, like, I mean, it, it's a good movie. It's a good fucking movie. Uh, better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. Michael Mann, Thief. The other, I mean, the greatest thing about that movie is not just that it was in an era where they could shoot at night with only available light and have it look amazing. Um, but basically, so it's it's uh, James Kahn is the lead character uh and he's a safe cracker and they have some really long extended scenes of breaking into very sophisticated safes where he is in fact doing all of the things like live on set they're they're actually doing all the things um and like the there's a, there's he has interview footage about it i think he passed away just a couple of years ago but he he has interview footage about trying like the first time he was actually able to do it on set, like all the actual safe breakers there who were advising were like like cheering for him. <laughs> he <laughs> was awesome. able to pull it off, right? And this awesome. isn't just you know like putting a drill into a fucking thing and trying to turn a pin. Some of these involve like you know like a like thirty foot long fucking blowtorch, carving through like carbon shit, right, like right. very very sophisticated. Um, I, I love shit like that when actors learn how to do like insane things that they'll never have to really – that they could fake if they wanted to, but like it's, it's such a dedication that they're like, right. eh, I'll fucking well, learn this well, because, insane because skill. Because the scenes about the process of them doing anything that doesn't require dialogue. So it, right. that the drama is this is going on for so long. How can they possibly not get caught? And they have all these right. other things they have to do. And that's what the movie's really about. It's about the showing ultimate ticking clock. That, I mean that's, that's – exactly. Exactly. And also just, you know, again, the, the, the theme that Michael Mann puts in all of these movies is, you know, the criminal forms an emotional bond that they need to be able to run away from at a moment's notice. And they don't. And it becomes their undoing. Mm. Like that is in every single Michael Mann film. Yeah. <laughs> it's, collateral. It like I mean, that's that's collateral you know. heat. Like it's always there, but it's such a great story. You can tell it over and over and over. 
Yeah, no, and he, and he's 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 arguably the best at it. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. I got like, Willie Nelson's in it too. I forgot Willie Nelson's in it, and he's he really? like, yeah, Willie Nelson's in Thief, and he's like the same age in 1982 as he is right now. It's it's incredible. <laughs> he's been the same age since like 1975 that he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you go find him today, he's been fucking, 70 years imagine. old for 70 years. <laughs> he's Willie's incredible. got the secret. Incredible, him and Neil Young. All right, so. I think that does it for us this week, but um, yeah, if you want to support the show, uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. I'm also on blue sky now. If anyone's actually on that fucking site at, yay, give us some DMS, (laughs) give us some fucking DMS. Maybe make the site functional. So people would use it. That would be nice. So it's not a fucking ghost town. We can escape this fucking hell hole that, that Elon's created. Um, blue sky feels like an open world game after you beat it. And there's no more fucking side quests. It's the worst. (laughs) It's it's just like, it looks real, but there's nothing to do. I threw I threw on uh, Jedi Survivor the other day, which I had beaten already, and I'm just like putzing around. And I'm like, I can only fucking kill stormtroopers so many times. Like this is so fucking dull. Like I'm just like, yeah, literally yeah. rather do anything else. I, I'm on like my fourth run through of Cyberpunk 2077, and I've, I've like I keep like retweaking my attribute skill tree to be slightly one, like a little bit more of this thing, a little bit more of that thing, and just I've try out it. different experiences with it. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, but it's eventually you just get so good at everything that you're just like, okay, I just just start over, throw it all away, and start over again new. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem with games. I don't know what it like. I, I, even like with sports, like I was, I've been playing FIFA uh, 23 a lot, and you know, you do like a create like a career mode where you create a, a player and you like raise their stats, and it's to the point where I'm winning games like 12 to one, like absurd fucking scores that don't exist in soccer, and it's like. I, yeah, and right. it could up the difficulty, but then I it, it's just it's something broken about the way. I don't know. They don't yeah, fucking put I, any attention I have to, to play every game on, on like the maximum difficulty possible. Otherwise, it's like I've gotten to once my girlfriend really got me into fucking open world gaming. Like I tried a few different games and I was just kind of like, eh, it's it's I'm doing good, but it's not enthralling me. It's not like I'm, I'm not becoming addicted to it until I got to Cyberpunk. And then it was just like, oh, here we are. Here's my thing. But it's just there's no fucking challenge. Once you figure out how to really master a game, there's no challenge and it's not fun. Yeah. So there is, however, a huge a huge expansion of Cyberpunk coming in September. But it's only for PS5, so I'm fucked. Because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm still on a last-gen PS4 console. i got to figure out how to, how to get me a PS5. So if anyone has a used PS5 that they don't use anymore, let me know. Yeah. Oh, and also I'm on Twitter at Bikeslim. <laughs> we'll see you next week.